0: Hey guys thank you so much for tuning in to this live stream we could do a uh, talk and drive i do talk and walks and talk and drives Uh, the biggest challenge that i find in my current situation really is just finding the time Uh, time is the most valuable asset right now i think you guys can understand that we're doing so many different things and uh, time is just such an important asset for us but uh, that's why i do a lot of Recordings while I'm driving it gives me time to be alone. No one's bothering me We can have a good conversation together and uh, otherwise, you know if I'm I'm in an office situation people are Asking me questions and calls are coming in and so that gets hectic if I'm in the studio I'm recording and if I'm uh, at home I have a baby and a wife that need my attention and 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 deserve it well deserve it So that's why I do the car the car drives people ask. Why does he why does he always in the car? (laughs) So uh, I know some people always tell me that when we do these uh, that there is an issue when it freezes up and I, I, I'm so sorry. I know that's an issue with Facebook. I, I can't really stop or help that other than, uh, I know usually when you replay it, it works. So if it's freezing up for you, hopefully the replay will work. Um, but yeah, CPAC was great. Uh, thank you guys for you know uh, being through it with me, uh, praying for us while we were down there. Uh, I was given kind of a recap of what we were able to accomplish down there, and uh, I think we made some really good connections, and we're pushing uh, the agenda of the Remnant Warriors through, getting a audience with senators and congressmen and people that have uh, are in positions to be able to help in, in our efforts. And we have some pretty uh, some pretty daunting tasks ahead of us. You know, this HR1 and HR5 are very very concerning. And uh, I'm definitely focused on both of those right now, especially H.R. 5, because of the religious liberty aspects of it, but you know, this is only the beginning of what we could see in a plethora of legislation that is anti-religious liberty and freedom, anti-constitution, anti-Christian values, and so we need to continue to uh, support efforts in pushing back against these and lobbying people in the Congress and Senate to go against it. It's already passed through the Congress, H.R. 5, but. Uh, we're we're trying to help um, you know lobby some senators because uh, we they as it, as it stands right now they're saying they need a 60 vote filibuster proof majority which I don't believe they have so uh, I'm actually going to meet uh, somebody in the media right now uh, and and talk about ways there's a um, one of the things that I've been talking about that we're working on is uh, alternative social media platforms they, this is a big there's a big buzz in the alternative media and the uh, Christian world. And, uh, you know, people are seeing the censorship finally, finally they're seeing the censorship. And, uh, even though I've been talking about it for how many years now, for those that have been, uh, with us, we've been talking about this censorship. There was a time when people didn't even believe that censorship was happening. They said, Oh, it's not happening. Oh, you're, you're just crazy. You're feeling like you're being censored. Well, Now I think everybody, you know, time always is the best truth teller. That's what I tell people. Time is the best truth teller. And it's amazing how many people have now come on board and understand that uh, there is a massive effort to censor uh, dissenting voices like myself and others. And uh, the, the more that you talk about, the more you're a target. So, you know, if you kind of are just in the mainstream conservative, like, I have to kind of fight this, I'll be honest, because being down at CPAC, it's almost, the, the, the people are warriors, they're fighters, and uh, there's some amazing people that are at CPAC of all different genres of life. But, but the thing is, is that, you can kind of start getting into that same, um, what do you want to call it? A parade of people that are just saying 2022, 2024, but I'm still under the conviction and understanding from my research. And I did speak with an absolute brilliant woman. I'll tell you, it was the best conversation I had at CPAC and she was probably not anybody that anybody would know on this broadcast. She's a behind the scenes person that creates policy and law, and, and works with think tanks and, uh, and or different organizations on policy and this woman was absolutely brilliant and it was the most intriguing conversation. I had a conversation with her in the green room uh, behind, uh, you know, behind the stage at CPAC and she was absolutely brilliant. We were going back and forth and I, I keep talking about this conversation because I posed many questions to her and I felt that she gave me an answer that was sufficient and that actually had a lot of merit to her answer because she is somebody that would know because she works with these various organizations, think tanks. And so one of the things I've been telling you I talk about is the military. Now, I had this conversation with her about the military. And I said, what's going on with the military? You know, some people are under the impression that the military is in control. Some people under the impression that President Trump is still in charge of the military. You know, I'm getting these types of questions. I know Lynn Wood is under that thought process and some other people are. And uh, I just asked her point blank, is there any merit to that? Is there any there there? She did not feel that was the case. And this is a woman, again, that works very closely with the military. She knows generals. And so I said, well, if that's not happening, if the military really dropped the ball, then explain to me how this happened, because how could the US military drop the ball? We already feel that the institutions have failed us. The Supreme Court has continued to kick out cases. They will not even hear a case. Sydney Powell's case was kicked out yesterday. And so, uh, this is just a woman, uh, Linda, that, that I was speaking with behind the scenes that was a high-level intelligence person. She works with a lot of contractors in the military, generals. She knows a lot of things from a think tank perspective. And so I asked her, I said, um, I said, I said, please explain to me how the military could have dropped the ball then. Because clearly they they had eyes on the packets that were going back and forth with the um, you know, with the, with the voting systems and clearly, you know, civilian contractors, uh, you know, were able to pick this up. They were able to, to intercept these. So if the civilian contractors were able to do it, I, I'm not understanding how is it that our military was not able to do it. And so I said, surely they did. And then I've been wondering and, and thinking about that and so, uh, so that you know, she, she feels, now this is her opinion, and again, I'm not saying this is 100% actual fact, this is an opinion of a woman who is a, uh, works with military personnel on a high level, policy, uh, she's somebody that people go to for this type of information. So that's why I'm sharing it with you, as I promised you I would. So I said to her, I said, well, how, how, I mean, are you telling me the military is, is corrupt? Are, are, they, are they infiltrated? I mean, is that where we're at right now? Because that's a serious situation, if so. And, and, and I'm gonna have to break this down more on the, on the podcast because there's so much to this conversation, I can't really speak about it on Facebook. But she's under the impression that there is uh, Obama holdovers that, that still have significant influence over the leadership of the military. Uh, she also feels that uh, military people, after they work with the military, that they often go into the civilian contract world where they make large salaries in the tune of three, four hundred thousand dollars salaries, and so a lot of times somebody will leave the military and then go work as a, uh, you know, somebody on a board or at a top level on a contractor. So she feels that through that there's been some type of infiltration where people are influenced. They're not necessarily. Uh, they, they she's not saying they're treasonous traitors that are working with China although there may be some that are she's more under the impression that they're influenced by almost like lobbying entities and these big corporations and the corporations uh, are unfortunately being influenced by and she says sometimes what happens is is that it's not necessarily direct link to China but you'll have a link within the NATO allies or with five eyes and the, that organization is then influenced through uh, other organizations and so eventually what happens is uh, there is influence there and so it, it's a very deep situation and um, and so she's saying that you know there's there's unfortunately there's there's other influence over these people it's kind of almost like when you're in sports you know uh, when you're in sports, you know, you get out of sports and you see a lot of these guys become commentators and coaches and different things. It's the same thing in the in the military. Is a lot of the top-level brass get out of the military and become high executives in a lot of these corporations. And the corporations work with companies abroad and not just in China but other parts of the world. And you think, well, why would they work with China at all? Well, it's not a direct connection, per se, although some parts were being made by China. and We found that during the Trump administration, and he, he right said that. So, you know, that's all just getting into the weeds. People ask me that question. Some people are under the impression that the military is in control right now. Um, I, I, I am not under that impression at this particular time. But my philosophy and where I stand is exactly what somebody just commented, that God is in control. I feel that God is using this time. Now let me get into the spiritual aspect of this. I feel that God is using this time to wake up the church. I feel that we've been slumbering for quite some time. Uh, I believe that um, there are, by the way, I believe there are patriots. I say 75% or more of the military are patriots. And so we have to believe that those patriots and those people within the military, the Flynn type people, Will be able to overcome, or maybe they already have, and uh, and and we're not going to understand that um, until until this all plays out. So, um, you know, my my commitment to you has been to report every bit of information that we get that I'm able to share with you. So I don't want to ever give you false impression, false hope. But then I also have to speak to the spiritual aspect as a pastor, a man of God, person of faith and tell you there is absolutely hope and we can never stop. So my philosophy is, is that not only am I going to continue to press ahead, you know, lobbying, pressing for, uh, you know, our side on all aspects, you know, and, and you say lobbying, what do you mean lobbying? Well, yes, I have the ear of people that are, that are of influence in the government. So why would I not as a pastor give them my opinion and say, listen, this is what the word of God says. You know, this is what's going to happen to our nation. If we go down this path, there's going to be judgment. There's going to be things that happen as a result of this wickedness. And so my advice, and, and I would say very strongly, is to go down this course. And so that's the kind of person I want to be in their ear. I want to be in their face. Every door that God opens, I want to walk through that door so that I can like this meeting right now. You know, every time that somebody gives me audience where I can share my view, my philosophy, which is in tune with the word of God and, and what we need to be doing as the remnant warriors, I'm gonna do that. And I would advise you to do the same. Whatever sphere of influence that God has allowed for you to operate in, and you say, oh, it's just this, you know, some people feel like they don't have much influence. That's nonsense. I guarantee you there's, there's at least, at the minimum of 100 people that you can influence in your sphere. And you may say, well, I don't really, you know, there's some people say, I don't really talk to that many people. I don't believe that. I think that, that there's more people than you realize that you can influence. And so we need to be out there speaking the truth. Listen, the Bible says that the truth does not return back void. The word of God is not returned back void. That's the truth. The truth is the word of God. The word of God is the truth. So if we're out there speaking the truth, I believe that it resonates, even within the most wicked people. Listen, if somebody would get me in there to speak to Joe Biden, I don't even think the guy has much awareness. I think he's, you know, honestly, and I'm not trying to say this to make fun of him, but I think he's dealing with either the onset of dementia or, or something along those lines um but but the thing is if somebody were to say hey i'm going to get you in there pastor todd to speak to him i'd go in there and i'd speak to biden and i'd say biden listen mr biden i'd say the, the course that we're going is is taking us down a wicked course and there's going to be repercussion according to the word of god we need to return back to the founding principles of this nation and we need to return to the word of god and we need to repent and i would give that message to whoever would give me audience does that make sense so you know, people say, why do you go here? Why do you speak to that person? Because if God opens a door, I'm going to walk through it, and I'm going to speak to the person with truth, and I believe the truth sets the captive free. And so this is what we all can be doing. Now, we're going to lay out. I just spoke to uh, a congressperson this morning and talked to them about the, the agenda that we're about to lay out, the 10-point strategy. And uh, now that I'm back home, I'm going to be working on that this week to present this to the Remnant Warriors. And... Um, and so uh, I think that's going to be important, but it's only one leg of several. Uh, but many people, the biggest question that I get right now is, what can I do? You're not helpless. We're in a waiting period. We don't know what God is going to do. I believe God is going to do something. Now, people say, well, have you stopped believing that God is going to do something? No, absolutely not. In fact, I absolutely believe that God is going to do something. I, I really, and as I go deeper in my worship time and my prayer time and my time in the word, I continue to believe that God is going to do something, and and so I, I don't listen. If you were to ask me my opinion, and this is my opinion, but is that this gonna is this thing gonna go all the way through the next forty years? I would say that I believe it's not. I believe there's going to be an intervention of the Lord before the forty year period uh, of the term of Joe Biden or Kamala Harris, whoever is in the office of the president. Uh, I don't believe that this is going to continue on. I believe there's going to be an expose. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know when it's going to happen. I believe it's in God's time. I believe God is ultimately hearing the prayers of the righteous remnant. I do believe he's absolutely in control, Uh, but I believe he wants us to do our part. And this is where it's our responsibility. Now, right now, in, in, the, in the natural. I can bind and loose in the supernatural. I can pray and intercede. I can get prayer groups together. We can get aligned with different intercessors. We can get on prayer calls. We can do all those things and that's all very, very important. It's probably some of the most important things that we can be doing. But other than that, I can't force God to work right now. Do you hear what I'm saying? I can't force um, something to happen right now in the natural. I can pray, I can fast, I can, I can get it together with others of like mind, like you and I, but I can't force something. So people get frustrated. They say, well, I feel like my prayers aren't being heard. Your prayers are definitely being heard. Your prayers are definitely being heard. Well, people say, well, why is it happening right now? Well, every single day that goes by, guess what? More people are waking up. I Listen, I've been doing this for a long time. I know some of us have just met recently, but I've been doing this stuff for a long time and uh, many, many years. And, and I will tell you something that I notice every day. And when I talk to others who have also been doing this for a long time, they will tell you the same thing. What I am noticing is I have a more receptive audience than ever before. More people are willing to listen. More people are coming to me and saying, hey, this is what I feel God saying. These are people, friends, that i watched and I saw only a few months ago that I don't think would have been ready to receive this. You understand what I'm saying? So God is using this key period of time it's waking up the body it many are still sleeping and that's why our job as remnant warriors is to get out there speak the truth stand for righteousness pray fast tell people the truth i don't think it's helpful or fruitful to be attacking everybody you know and i know my post last night was kind of borderline that i get annoyed by some people of influence that really lobbied for biden and now they're out there and they're like oh yeah this is horrible these are people that i had radio interviews with these are people that i had many back and forth dialogues with and i get a little bit frustrated when when they when they say these things that i think are you kidding me and so i know my post was a little borderline and i don't mean to i hope that it doesn't sound mean spirited and that's why i put up what i did this morning is is that i am willing to forgive absolutely hundred percent but i think that we have to recognize that we made a mistake as a collective body of christ we became apathetic we became more concerned about presentation and you know i mean listen i have friends that have led businesses that's great you know they sell churches leds the leds look awesome behind the stage i get it and the fog machines and the lights and all that stuff yeah, it's a great experience. You go and you f- almost feel like you're at a concert. But, you know, is that really what God intended for us necessarily to focus on? Or, or should we as the pastors and the leadership of the church be like really seeking God's face in humility? I mean, when, when listen, when you guys send me a ministry gift, my wife and I, I just want you to know we live on like fumes. And, and, and we don't do that because you know, we, we're, we feel like we have to live like poor, you know, I'm not saying that. Okay. I mean, but we don't have a lot of money. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm just being transparent. We don't have a lot, but we, what we do have and what you give us, I don't, I mean, I, gosh, could you imagine if somebody gave me like a gift and they prayed, prayed about it and the Lord put it on their heart to give the ministry like 10 grand or something. Could you imagine if I go out and take a big vacation on that 10 grand or I go out and buy a bunch of fancy suits or I go out I mean my goodness I would I would feel awful before the Lord. I, I would be like, "Oh my gosh, Lord, I'm going to get I'm going to get reprimanded here," you know? So when when you give a gift to the ministry here, we're putting that to work. We're putting that to action right away, like the next day, because we believe that's a seed that you've sown. And also, I just couldn't even imagine answering the Lord and saying, "Oh my gosh, I went out and bought something at Nordstrom or something," you know? Again, I'm not saying that you know we can't have nice things as believers but you know i have a, a walk with the lord i'm not trying to brag but it's a, it's like a fear and trembling i have a healthy fear of the lord i honor the lord and i know that he's entrusted me for this season and, and that's a it's a big weight and and you know gosh some of these guys that fall in, in different areas and stuff i just think how could you let that happen and i'm not saying i'm without sin because i'm definitely not without sin i'm, I'm definitely have things that I have to repent for on a, on a consistent basis. Okay, so don't get me wrong. But what I'm saying is it's a responsibility. And this is the type of stuff that I think we need to all look at as the church. We have to have this conversation. Because honestly, we haven't had this conversation. And the conversation is, you know, have we really been the church that God is coming back for, a church without spot, nor wrinkle? Have we really been, Have we been using our influence? Listen, we have these beautiful buildings. They're gorgeous, massive buildings. And how many of those churches closed down without even questioning it? And all those people that sewed into those beautiful buildings for years consistently, and it's like the buildings just shut down. And people are saying, well, when is the church gonna open up? I still know many churches that are still shut down. When, to be honest, Let's just think about this. These churches during this time, I don't know many times other than maybe 9-11 and the Vietnam War and World War II and the times of like Martin Luther King Jr. I don't know many other times that the churches needed to be open than right now. We're watching wickedness trying to take over our country. We're watching communists who just literally stole the 2020... I can't say it because I'll get taken down, but you know what I'm talking about. How crazy is that, right? And, and yet the church is shut. No, we need to be on our faces. On our faces, repenting. God, we, we dropped the ball. And that's why I think we're in this time period. That If you want to know my honest opinion, that's why I think we're in this time period. is because God is still waiting not just on the righteous remnant, thank God there's a righteous remnant. The righteous remnant is, is a percentage, it's a, a smaller percentage than I would, I'm sure that God and that I would like to see. But he's waiting on the larger portion of the body. Yes, they're saved, they're saved, but have they really been completely fighting for their deliverance? Have they been really fighting for their healing? Have they been really contending for our nation? Have they been fasting and praying and getting to know the word and doing the things that the body of Christ is meant to do and so that is what i think god is waiting on and it's unfortunate because i will say this i don't know how long it's going to take for those people some of those people to wake up some may never wake up others i do think they're waking up because i'm seeing it we're seeing them wake up so god is using this time to wake up those that are willing to wake up and awaken and then unfortunately there's a group that'll never awaken but but the more people that awaken the more the church gains momentum and power and authority because that means they're getting consecrated they're repenting they're turning back you know from their sin and turning away from it and they're understanding the real mission of the church see if america could just understand the real mission if the american church could get back to our basics back to our fundamentals what we're meant to be is the body of christ and really get back to that we would see an empowered church that I believe would set forth a revival in this nation, maybe unlike we've ever seen before, definitely in this generation. And so this is where I think we are at right now. I think that that God wants to move. I think that he's going to move. I think that it's, 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 it's coming. I don't think we're gonna have to wait four years for this move of God. I think it's gonna happen before that. I think there's gonna be an expose of the corruption And many of the things that people think they've gotten away with that they have not because God saw. You see what I'm saying? God saw. God saw. And you can't get away. Listen, I'll tell you, there's times I might throw a piece of paper on the ground. God will be like, go back and get that paper. Come on, God. Go back and get that paper, Todd. Todd. You know what I'm saying? And no one's around. No one's around. But God saw it. You see what I'm saying? And it's just like the the theft that's taking place and all the unscrupulous things that have just happened. God saw it. God saw it. He never left the throne. He never stopped seeing. He watched it, he saw it all. And God is a God of justice. And as we pray, things will happen because that's what prayer does. It sets things into motion. But yes, there's a righteous remnant, and I think that's why this nation hasn't completely been destroyed yet. Think about it, we're still here. The the nation hasn't been fully destroyed yet because there's a righteous remnant. And that's also why God allowed a man like Donald Trump to give us a period of time by his grace, God's grace and God's mercy to give us time, a period of time where we could continue to build and strengthen and fortify and plan. And those four years were extremely critical and important. If we didn't have them, we would probably already be in a much worse place. I don't even know if we'd be here anymore because Hillary Clinton had very demonic plans for our nation and God stopped and thwarted those plans and gave us a reprieve and so the reprieve has not been extended as of right now it looks like we are now going into a different season but God and so I believe we're still in the grace even though it looks like you know things have shifted which they have in many ways but still we're still here we're still able to to you know live we're not being hauled away into camps yet. Hopefully that doesn't happen. But, you know, we're still able to have these types of conversations. So God has allowed that because of a praying righteous remnant. But but what he would like to see is the entirety of the body, or at least a large portion of the body, return to Christ, return to what we're meant to do, to be the head, not the tail, to be the church, and to actually preach the full gospel, stand for righteousness, to stop letting leaven in, to stop letting all these things that should not be in the church in, to stop a lot of the stuff that we've ad- adopted from the culture. Instead of us influencing the culture, the culture has influenced us, right? The culture has influenced us. So it's time for us to take the reins back. And I believe the righteous remnant are going to be the leaders in this. And that's why we're the ones organizing. We're the ones, you know, asking the Holy Spirit for wisdom and divine strategy. And that's why we're going to be doing these things that we're, we're doing right now. And we're going to be doing but, but I just, I want to give you a little understanding of why I think in the supernatural that things are not happening as fast as we would like. And I think the largest reason for that is because God is using this time to awaken many people to show them, hey, look, what look what you stood for. Look what you were willing to vote for. Look what you, look what they're doing. Look what their, look what their plans are. And people are like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that. I, you know, I heard people saying that, but I didn't believe it. You know, I just wanted things to go back to normal. I didn't want the man to be tweeting anymore. I just wanted the tweets to stop. Well, here you go. You got the tweets that stop, but guess what you also got? You got a bunch of wicked policies and demonic things. <laughs> so what did you really get something? I don't know. You got you got a you got a bad deal, folks. You got a bad deal. So now it's the time that we repent, we come together, we understand as the body of Christ what we need to do, and we do it. And so, so don't grow weary in doing good and wait on the Lord, allow him to move as he desires. And when he desires, wake up every day, praise the Lord, give him glory. And uh, we're going to get through this. We are going to get through this. And I am a firm believer that God will move in a way that will shock many because they will, they, maybe they haven't seen God move before. Maybe they haven't really seen what God is capable of. And I think they're going to. And I think they're going to be, uh, wow, they're going to be in awe. And many will come to know Christ just from that alone, what God does. But we have to hold the line, holding the line, being the righteous remnant, being the remnant warriors. There's a lot of meaning. We don't just say these words. It's not like this is not just, I'm not some internet guy that's out here trying to get a bunch of people to watch me. How silly is that? (laughs) That's, That's laughable. That's silly. This is, we're doing this because we're contending for our country. We're contending for our Republic. We're contending for future generations. My gosh, it couldn't be more important than it is. All right. We're going to go into part two of today's conversation right now. And uh, so thank you for continuing to listen to the broadcast. Here's part two. Hey guys. Hope that uh, you're having a good afternoon. Hey, before we start this live stream, I just want to open up in prayer. I know most of the people that will see the prayer will be later when you watch the rebroadcast but let's pray heavenly father we just thank you for this day and we just ask that our conversation right now would be fruitful and that lord there's just so many questions and different things that people are asking right now i pray that you'd give us uh divine wisdom and strategy on how to have a a good discussion right now and that uh, those that are listening would be edified and encouraged and strengthened In their faith Lord and that we would continue to be about your business and uh, we wouldn't get discouraged and we wouldn't grow weary but you'd just strengthen all the warriors out there Lord that are contending for our nation. So we just thank you for this conversation and we just just ask that you would be uh, present Lord that this would be an anointed conversation in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for tuning in the live stream before I had gone live on the way down to a pretty big meeting that I had. I can't really disclose uh, what I discussed in the meeting because uh, a lot of it is information that could be used against us and our cause. So uh, I'll have to uh, update you that uh, on, on the meeting in the future. But I um, wanna just wish you good afternoon and, and see what questions that you might have for me. Um, I like to utilize the time that I have um, you know that time is one of the most precious commodities. How many understand what I'm saying? It's, you know, time is precious and there's you know, there's not enough of it, unfortunately. So when I have a little bit of time that I know I'm going to be in traffic or whatever, I think what, what better time to have a conversation and answer some questions that you might have and for us to have a good dialogue. And so uh, go ahead and shoot any questions that you have. I'm going to start off um from a question that somebody had asked earlier that I wasn't able to answer. And I told them, I gave them my word, I'd come back on and answer. So people were asking about the idol, Uh, they're calling it an idol in the media. It was a a sculpture that uh, was at the CPAC convention and people are still talking about it, I guess. And uh, the mainstream media, as they usually do, went wild and said people were bowing. In fact, I think there was one person apparently that bowed to this thing in a joking manner but i I wouldn't be surprised you know a lot of these times it's a stunt that the left actually actually orchestrates and so i wouldn't be surprised if they had somebody go out there and bow in front of it just to take the picture and run with the story uh that's the way the leftist media operates so it wouldn't be surprising at all that that's what they did but i did talk to the guy that brought the sculpture down there and he basically told me that uh he he was he was piggybacking And so it was in the uh, exhibit hall of CPAC. So he had nothing to do with CPAC, nothing to do with the organizers, nothing to do with any of the people that were speaking there. He was piggybacking on a vendor that had rented the space at CPAC. So if you're a vendor and you wanna present whatever product that you have in this type of venue, you can buy or purchase a booth for a couple thousand bucks and then present your product and apparently this person had piggybacked on somebody else's um booth so that's kind of what happened so uh know, it could have been an orchestrated hit piece uh, but it seemed like the guy was legit and that he wasn't part of the the, you know the left or the media i think he just honestly was trying to sell this sculpture so no one was bowing to it maybe one person i don't know but uh, honestly it was in the back of the exhibit hall and it had nothing to do with, um, the CPAC. So just a way that they, they, they use these types of stories because anybody that's a Christian would be very upset if there was an idol and people were bowing to it, or, you know, that's just, it's really bad optics. And the left is very good at, at optics and narratives. And so oftentimes what they'll do is they'll try to steer the narrative or steal the optics. They want to take it away from the substance and the truth that was spoke at cpac so they don't want that to be the conversation so what they'll do is they'll orchestrate some type of alternative story that they think could cause harm to our you know our messaging and that's exactly what they did is you know any christian pastor that's out there and hears that people are bowing to a trump you know um idol at cpac well they're going to be concerned about that just like i would so you have to look into it and we have to understand that this is what they do so that we can understand that there's always, you know, optics, a battle for optics, a battle for the narrative. And once we understand that and we get a little bit more, we have to become basically investigative journalists ourselves and also operating wisdom and discernment. So do you think that the leader of the CPAC organization, Matt slap and his wife, Mercedes, you think that they would be okay with a, a, a golden calf idol or whatnot, that people are bowing down. Do you think that they would sanction that? Of course not because they know that that's foolish and they would never do that. And they're not, you know, so we have to look and expand our thinking to under, to be free thinkers and really operate in wisdom and discernment so that we know that when there's these hit pieces and these different things that they do, that there's an ulterior motive. And that is to get us off the actual messaging and to get us uh, off the actual truth that's being spoke. Does that make sense? So I hope that answered that question a little bit better. Uh, somebody said, how do we fight if they pass this election law? So yes, there's an election law. Uh, it's, it's something that they're trying to put through the Congress right now called HR1. And HR1 has a lot of stipulations that would, would warrant um, a lot of different things that would be detrimental to the election system. Uh, one of the things they wanna do is take away election ID, uh, voter, you know, voter ID, uh, from the states that currently mandate it. For, so for instance, Tennessee is a state that has election ID. They wanna actually take that away from the states that are, so it's actually going in the opposite direction uh, where we want all states, I mean, what what a silly thing. You know, you gotta use an ID to buy alcohol. You gotta use an ID to buy cigarettes. You gotta use an ID to get on airplane flights. You gotta use an ID for so many different things. And they think that the, their their argument is is that it's disenfranchising minorities and certain people that I guess they suggest don't have an ID. So if that's the case, then maybe you have some type of uh, system in place where if the person doesn't have an ID, there's another way that they could validate. But, but why, why, uh, you know, all the people that do have IDs, which is most of the population, you know, why, why would that be an issue? Right? So the left is always going in the opposite direction because they're looking for ways that they can cheat, you know, that they can cheat the system, that they can continue to game the current system and even expand they're they're fraud, and so that's that's honestly what they're trying to do. And uh, this HR one, there's many different things within the the um, you know the policy that would be detrimental to the election system. I mean, I think there's a uh, redistricting and all different types of things. So how do we fight it? Well, we fight it by calling our senators. We have to be the vocal voice. The Christians and and the conservatives, and the reason why I mentioned both is because many conservatives are Christian. Uh, But but definitely the Christians because I represent the Christian community as a religious leader a faith leader a Christian pastor Uh, But I would speak to all conservatives on this the way that we fight it Is is that we have to push back we have to be see everybody's been calling us the silent majority for a long time the silent majority the silent majority and really we've allowed a small group of people to do our bidding and our fighting and when Donald Trump was was in office Uh, You know, we all kind of felt like, oh, well, he's going to fight for us, you know, and we kind of, I mean, it just kind of in a way continued our apathy and even kind of in some ways made it worse because everybody felt like, well, we have our guy in there and he's going to defend us and he's going to take the arrows for us. Well, this should be a real big wake up call. Now, again, I'm still under the impression and praying that God is going to intervene on our behalf. There's going to be, he's going to hear the prayers of the righteous and we're going to see something happen. So I know when i have these conversations every time people get nervous like oh did did you stop believing that no but i have to continue to speak regardless of actions and strategy that we can do and what i'm what i'm saying right now is is that the silent majority has indeed been silent in many fronts in many aspects many people have not gotten involved in the community level many people have not gotten involved at any level you know maybe you vote and that's a great thing but there's so much more than just voting that we have to do. We have to go to the school boards. We have to go to the uh, you know the city council meeting. We have to speak to our congressmen, our representatives, our our state and local officials. We need to get active and involved at least so they hear our voice. And it's not just in the political uh, arena. You know, there's different mountains of influence. It's also in the business community. You know, we have to let the CEOs hear our voice. Listen, when they do something that's wrong, which I can find a a million different things that these companies are doing, you know, right now. I mean, it doesn't take a lot of investigating to find a company like AT&T or somebody that's doing things that are absolutely awful and against our our values as Christians and and conservatives and people that love our country. So, you know, we have to let them hear our voice too because what what we tend to do is we tend to just continue to go out there and shop at these places that are literally funding the organizations that hate us and are silencing us. So we're, we're really uh, inducing a self-inflicted wound, which in turn is hurting our, our, our country, our families, the church, uh, just everything that we stand for. So, you know, the way that we fight back is we become informed and engaged and true remnant warriors where we we let our voice be heard. Listen, I know some some people out there that that are just working the phones. They get on the phones, And they're like, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. You ever hear that phrase? Well, the the silent majority is the biggest. You know, President Trump mentioned in his speech, we could have the most influence, but we're too nice. And a lot of people have interpreted Christianity for being nice. We need to be the Christians that are turning over the tables. We need to be the Christians that are out there having our voice be heard. We need to become a force to be reckoned with. And in order for us to, to do that, we have to stop being so nice. Christianity does not mean nice, okay? Now, I'm not saying be mean, but we have to be uh, active where we let our voice be heard and we understand the authority that we are meant to walk in. Listen, when a shrewd business person walks in the room and, and and sometimes people will look you over and they'll say, oh, I could easily take this guy. Well, you wanna be the person that by the end of the meeting, they're like, that that person's a force to be reckoned with. That person is not gonna be taken advantage of. I've had a lot of places and, and opportunities in my life where I walked in the room and they think because my hair is still kind of black or whatever, I must be in my twenties or you know, they think they could take advantage of me. And 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 part of understanding how to, you know, maneuver in that type of situation is you have to take authority in that meeting, in that business meeting. Just kind of similar to spiritually, because it is spiritual, honestly, at the end of the day. You have to demand that they respect you, and and you have to know your identity enough to where that where that if they're not treating you with respect, you know how to rein them in, and you know how to push back. And it, it, you know President Trump is is a prime example. He uses certain body language. Uh, he does certain things that 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 au- automatically show dominance. And uh, you could see like there's this meeting where President Trump meets with all the world leaders, and he pushes his way through to make sure that he's positioned as the leader. He pushes his way through and people will, will, some people will say, well, that's being a bully or that's, no, that's that's establishing dominance and key positioning. And I know this is something that probably no Christian leader has ever talked about because the reason why I'm talking about this is for those of you in the business world, you're like, yeah, this guy knows what he's talking about. This is what you have to do. When you walk into a business meeting, you have to establish you know, that, that element of respect because if they can walk all over you, then they're going to. Let's just face it, they're going to. But if they can see this person means business, this person has authority, this person pushes back, they're going to have ears to hear what you have to say. And this is what we need to do as Christians is we need to demand that because we have authority in Jesus Christ. When we have the Holy Spirit, we have authority in the supernatural. We have to learn how to exercise that authority in the natural. We have to learn how to walk that out in the natural. So, you know, we already have the authority, but we have to, uh, you know, uh, walk in that authority. If that makes sense, Jesus walked in that authority. That's why the demons tremble and flee. I mean, obviously he's God. Jesus is, is, you know, in the name of Jesus, demons flee. So they're not going to flee in the name of Todd. Okay. they t- who am I? But because I'm filled with the Holy spirit and because I speak the name of Jesus, Because I do that, then I also have that authority. Does that make sense? So it's not my authority, but it's the authority of Christ. And I have learned over the years how to operate in that authority. So this is what we need to do. We we have to walk and operate in the authority, push back and become not the silent majority, but the majority that's operating in authority. So I'm gonna call us the authority majority, not the silent majority, the authority majority. Does that make sense? And if we do that, and we become the authority majority, this entire nation will change from the ground up. It's a grassroots effort. It starts in the local church. If the pastors are not willing to preach truth from the pulpit, that's the main problem right there. Because if, if they're worried about tithing or they're worried about offending this person or offending that person, they're not fulfilling the fullness of their call. And, and they're actually, in, in the Lord's eyes, not walking in the fullness of what they're meant to do because we're meant to be bold and unafraid. Listen, (laughs) there's months where we have a hard time paying the bills, I'm not gonna be honest, but I'm not gonna not preach on a certain subject matter because I'm afraid that somebody might not give to me. My trust is in the Lord. He's my provider. My job is to represent him and his word. God will provide. I can't worry about pleasing man. Once I become a man pleaser, I'm done. Now that doesn't mean I'm a man, You know, I don't wanna go around hurting people, You know, I'm not, I'm not there to like hurt people or to crush people or that. That's not what I'm saying. But I also can't fear man because I fear God more than man. And as long as I walk in that, I'm walking in the fullness of the authority that the Lord, he will provide, he will anoint, he will bring favor. We can't fear man pastors. We can't stop preaching the truth. When we do that, we only bring uh, a disservice to those who look up to us. That's crazy right? I mean, how can we do that? We have to fear God in a, in, a, in a loving way. Not, I don't fear God like, oh, he's so scary. I fear God in an honor and therefore I must do my duty and my duty is to preach the full gospel. Does that make sense? So I hope I answered that question. That was kind of a long answer. I don't have any questions, but want to let you know. Oh, thank you, Karen. That means so much. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Do you think Trump will be back within a couple of months? Yeah, Donna. I mean, I know that a lot of people are saying that and suggesting that. I have spoke to people within the Trump administration that were high level people. They don't seem to feel that President Trump is in power right now. I know people are suggesting that he may be. Um, so I'm going to give you the good news and the bad news. You know, people like KT McFarland, people that you know are in the Trump administration. You know, I've had conversations with people, and and they don't they they don't they don't allude to any. Possibility that President Trump is still currently, right now, the president. Um, now, here's the hope in this, okay? I, now, that's in the natural. In the supernatural, we're believing for justice and we're believing for an expose of everything that's been done in darkness. That's why we're praying. And God ultimately is in control, it's not man. I also don't have a high level, I don't have a military clearance, so I don't know, you know, what the high level mil- top military brass are doing. I can only speculate based upon what I've heard but based upon the civilian side of, you know, people that were cabinet members or officials, they don't seem to feel that President Trump is currently in power right now. I know that there are some people that are suggesting that. Now that being said, that being said, let me say this. I I do trust that President Trump is a brilliant strategist. I do trust that President Trump is an extremely amazing 4D chess player, if you will. And so in, in, in that, Perspective. I do believe that president Trump and his allies and those that were working with him set certain traps. And I don't think that those traps have necessarily happened yet. And I think that there could be things that continue to come out that we have not seen. And I'll give you an example, Cuomo, Cuomo a year ago, was literally being called the gold standard of the pandemic. People were saying, watch, he won an Emmy for his quote unquote speeches and a performance during the COVID-19 crisis. Fast forward a year and now Cuomo is literally in the hot seat. People are coming out left and right claiming sexual harassment, all different types of things. And it's looking like even Democrats are now turning on Cuomo. So it took how long a full year for that situation to come full circle. The election literally just happened a few months ago and the inauguration was what, a month, a little bit over a month ago. So the wheels of justice sometimes take a little bit of time. What I do believe is the Bible says, what was done in darkness will be brought to light. The, the Bible also says that he will use what was meant for evil and turn around for good. Our job is to be praying. Our job is to believe and trust in faith that God is able to do these things. And that is far beyond the scope of having to worry about the hows you know, imagine the people that went to the, uh, you know, uh, the Red Sea, and they said, "How is God going to part it? I just don't know how He's gonna. How is He gonna do that?" All trying to speculate. Well, maybe you know, a meteor will come down, and maybe this will happen, and, and forget it. In our finite human mind, we would never be able to come to the full comprehension of how God was going to split that Red Sea. But guess what? He did do it, didn't He? So I, I just want to relieve those in Christ, our brethren from trying to figure out the how, because there's a lot of people out there with podcasts and radio shows and all these different things that are trying to articulate the how. And that is a a ridiculous responsibility because that would be like trying to articulate how God was gonna flood the earth or how God is gonna part the Red Sea. We just, in our human mind, don't have that capacity or capability. So it, it, it it, it takes off so much pressure when you just say, I believe that God uh, can do what he has promised and said he would do in his word. I believe there's going to be a great awakening. I believe we're going to see an end time harvest. I believe the Lord says he will never leave us nor forsake us. I believe that he's, he's promised us hope in the future. Yes. And amen. You know, and we stand on the promises of God and that way we're not going to be let down. And we're also going to see God move in the land of the living. Amen. So that's my answer to that. I hope that makes sense. All right, let me see if anybody else has a question here. Wisdom and discernment. Thank you so much, Kathy. Uh, let's see here. Will the true story ever come out of the Capitol riots? Well, the, you know, Julie, it's a great question. Thank you for asking. Honestly, um, the, it has come out. You know, it, what we're learning and understanding is, is that the mainstream media is not going to report the, the, the true story because the mainstream media has an agenda. And that's why the mainstream media, if you were to get like a, like a poll of how many people approve, their approval rating is probably worse than uh, Congress. No one trusts the mainstream media, yet people still, for some reason, grace them with their uh, their ratings. I don't really fully understand why. I would turn the mainstream media off. They're profits of bail. They're liars, and they've proven liars. And so the mainstream media are probably not gonna come out and uh, and tell us that there were agent provocateurs and yeah, Tifa was involved, but those that know that have done the research and listened to the actual, you know, source documents and the people that are, you know, telling the truth about it, they, they know that of course there was Asian provocateurs. Of course it was a planned event. Of course there's nefarious things. Now did some Trump supporters get sucked in? Yes. Cause there is an element of our movement and the people that, you know, there's an element of us that are just foolish and you know, somehow thought that that was the wise thing to do. And so, you know, people got sucked up and were and, and just like they do in other stupid things. But, but, but the truth has come out, even in some slight bits of mainstream reporting. President Trump mentioned in his speech the Time Magazine article. You know, I mean, they basically, I think it was Time Magazine, right? Or Newsweek, it was one of the two. Uh, but they basically broke down the whole, uh, you know, how they did it, how they stole the election. Amazing, right? They just literally, they're, they're so prideful and they're so assured in their position that no one's going to ever do anything that they literally came out and, and articulated it and, and explained how they did it. Pretty pretty insane. But you know what? Pride comes before a fall, and so I believe that they will be caught. They will be hang like just like Haman. Uh, uh, they will they will hang on their own gall- gallows, and uh, that's what I believe is is that ultimately the plan that they have for us is going to backfire on them. And that's why we keep uh, continuing to walk forward in victory and trusting the Lord and praying that he'll intervene. Amen. Uh, thank you, Debbie. You said you saw the, uh, the interview. Yeah, thank you. I did that so that people could see what's going on, you know. Uh, thank you, guys, for all of you that are saying thank you and appreciate you so much. And the encouragement just really means a lot. Uh, somebody said, um, I hope they don't get away with passing this bill. Yeah, me neither. Trust me, I am fighting it in every possible way that I can uh, Facebook won't let me comment. Uh, problem here is that PA, they don't listen to us. They call to me all the time. I call. Oh, thank you. Thank you for calling to me. I appreciate that. I know uh, a lot of people in California say the same thing. They say, we feel like our voice isn't heard and we call and they don't care. And, but you know, we still have to flood their phones because ultimately they know that, uh, there's a lot of us and that's why they're afraid And, uh, and so, you know, the more that we can, you know, just be in their face. Listen, a lot of the people that I'm in their face, they don't like me and they don't do anything about it. But you know what (laughs) they, they, I tell you, Brad Sherman's a prime example, Brad Sherman knows me. And I, and I used to walk through the supermarket and Brad Sherman would like run the other direction (laughs) because he's like, "Uh Oh, I'm going to have to deal with this guy. That's how we want to be. We want to be in their face, not threatening them. Not, you know, we're not violent. That's not who we are. But but just they're going to have to hear what Todd Coconado has to say because I'm not going to shut up about it. I'm going to be in there. Why are you, you know, approving this? Why are you allowing for, you know, um, baby body parts to be put into food or baby body part? I mean, this is disgusting. Why are you uh, supporting after birth murder of the innocent? You know, why are you supporting these horrible policies with Iran? Why are you supporting this, this bill? That's basically going to make fraud pervasive in our nation's electoral system. So we have to be in their face, asking the real questions. And the more people that hear us asking that they're going to question like, yeah, why doesn't he answer that person? That's a good question that man asks. So, you know, these are the this is why I do the live streams. As long as they let me, I'm going to do them. Now, someday I might come on here and they may not let me anymore. And then it will go to plan B, right? we're already ready for plan B. I tell you guys, follow me on telegram, follow, you know, go to my website because I know there's gonna be a day, but until that day comes, I'm gonna speak on here because, hey, we're moving the needle, people are hearing, and they're asking the question. Yeah, that guy is making sense what he's saying, right? He's making sense what he, you, you know, I kinda of agree. And it's not about a partisan thing. It's not about Mr. Republic, I'm not Mr. Republican. I'm, I'm Mr. Christian, you know, I, I believe in the Bible. You know, and and, and and that's a big responsibility to be considered, you know, a representative of Christ. We shouldn't take that lightly, right? That's, a, you. we take that with fear and trembling because it's like, wow, you know, that's a big responsibility. But at the same time, you know, that's who we are. We're not, I'm not here representing the Republican party. I'm here representing truth, right? Uh, wishing a group of Christians flowing in the gifts of prophecy could go speak to the president. You're probably talking about President Trump, I think. Um, You know, President Trump, I know a lot of people are concerned about his spiritual well-being. Um, Once said today, he felt the Lord tell him uh, he is in great time of choices right now. I I don't know if you're referring to Biden, Teresa, or if you're referring to Trump. Um, I will tell you with Trump, uh, he does have some good spiritual, you know, people giving him some meat. I feel like President Trump is really growing in his walk with Jesus. Um, You know, he's learned a lot, even in the time that he's been in office. I think President Trump is going to really end up being a powerful Christian. I think that, you know, he's new, he's a a newer believer, he's young in the faith, but he's a very smart and articulate man. And I feel like God anointed him for a time as this. And so I think President Trump really has come to appreciate the Bible and uh, Christians and people that have prayed for him. He knows that we're on his side and he knows that he's in some type of spiritual battle. So for president Trump, I would say, I think he's, he's still growing, but I think he does have some wise leadership that talking speaking in his life. For Biden, the issue is he won't give us audience. He won't, he won't listen. You know, we would listen. I would go to the white house if that's where he is. I don't know where he is, but if he's at the white house, I would go to the white house and I would speak to Biden. But Biden is, is really so demonized. That he, he will not give audience to uh, people that would come in and pray for him or, you know, speak the word of God over him. He would not allow that. He, he looks at us as like the enemy, you know, um, and those that work with him look at us as the enemy. So that's the difference between the Trump administration versus the Biden camp is, is that, you know, Trump would give audience to us. He allows us to pray for him. He allows us to speak in his life. It's kind of amazing, actually, how much at what, at what level. But, uh, but Biden is, is opposite, he does not allow that, just like Obama didn't allow that, you know? So that's the issue there. Um, are they worried about people not having access to the other things that require ID? Um, so it's just, when it comes down to the voter ID situation, really in a nutshell is that they just want a, another license to cheat. They know that if, if they use voter ID, that they couldn't use the, the fake ballots of dead people and you know, all the different things that they use to cheat. So, you know, keeping the IDs out means that they can still use dead people, non-citizens, people that don't, you know, live in that state. It keeps the, the doors open for mass fraud and that's why they don't want it, you know. Um, Let's see what else here. Somebody said they co-opt the Christian language to perpetuate their fraud. Sure. Sure they do. Equality Act, all the, all the, all the art, you know, the freedom, this or equality that, or it's all opposite. It's always opposite. It actually, you know, they're bringing back. If you think about what's happened in the area of race, you know, uh, what they're doing with critical race theory and all these different things, they're, they're just fanning the flames for more racism. They're just, they're causing division. They're not fixing the problem. You know, there's all types of technology that's available now that would actually, uh, increase uh, real green energy, energy that could be helpful to the environment, but they don 't want a real green energy they just they just want their agenda it 's not about green energy it 's not about fixing the environment. It's about how they can tax us, how much they can tax us and control us and regulate us. And so, you know, it's the same thing with these bills. They're not trying to give us more freedom or protect us. It's just the opposite. They're bringing more government. We want less government, not more government, not less regulation, not more regulation, less control, not more control. You know what I'm saying? So I think you guys get that. All right, Uh, let's see what else. Do we have a list of who to boycott? Yeah, you know, great question. And um, I think what we're going to do is we're going to put together like the worst offenders because the the list is too long and it it would just make us all go crazy if we showed you all the offenders. But what we we need to do is start somewhere, you know, maybe it's AT&T, maybe it's one of these real activist organizations, you know, and we're going to start there and say, look, we're not trying to put you out of business, but we want you to do is stop funding these very horrible and detrimental organizations. And if we can do that and use our power of being the majority, and, and really start to to cause the, the boards of these companies to react and say, hey, we better not you know support Planned Parenthood anymore. Or, you know, 80 million Christians are going to stop using our services. That's what we need to do, and that's what we're going to do. And so, stay tuned. It's it's not something that's easy, uh, and and you know we'll have to you know I'll present more of that in the future. I can't talk about it right now. Um, our state has pritzer who could care less yeah I know there's a lot of frustration about the um, the people that could care less I get it trust me I know a lot of you are in states or counties or uh, congressional districts where the people just don't care I totally get it but we still need to be that that clanging symbol if you will like you know even if they hate us even if they can't stand us we've got to be in their face because that's what the The other side does is they're they're you know, when they come to our Congress people or our people, they're in their face, they're, you know, they're, they're making their voice be heard. And it does influence because there's a fear element that that happens. And so we need to let them know, hey, we're here and we're not going anywhere and you're going to have to deal with us. And, you know, maybe they're maybe the person won't listen to you, but you know what, you do what you can to get the, the message out so that as many people can hear and see, wow, this person's really not even giving them a chance to share. This person's not even listening to their very valid question. Does that make sense? So, you know, it's not always that they're just gonna respond right away, but it's the fact that we're pushing the needle incrementally or, you know, on a big scale, but that we're getting the message out so more people are awakened, more people are seeing how unfair this is. And, and they're, they're catching the vision. And then, you know, it's strength in numbers, ladies and gentlemen, strength in numbers. All right, I got time for one more question here. Right, Todd, exactly. We're not doormats, exactly. We're the head, not the tail, exactly. We need to be offensive instead of being defensive. Exactly, thank you. You took the words out of my mouth. So, all right, guys, we'll we'll have more of these questions and answers, and I really appreciate you guys, and uh, we're going to continue to press ahead in victory. Love you, and uh, we'll talk soon. God bless.